0: Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now, the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender.
1: And welcome to the show. I am so excited today to have as our guest, Laverne Baker Hotep, a true champion of hope for victims in America. As you all know, I am a big supporter of the Center for Victims of Violence and Crime. Proud to be on their board. I believe in everything they're doing, so it is such an honor to have Laverne with us today. Laverne, welcome to the show.
2: Well, thank you. Thanks for having me, and uh, I'm very honored, and uh, you're right. You are a tremendous supporter and champion of the work that we do at the Center, and uh, we thank you very much for that.
1: Oh, it is just my pleasure. Laverne, how about if you begin by telling our listeners throughout the world, if you could begin by telling them what caused you to join Uh, CBVC, the Center for Victims of Violence and Crime.
2: Well, uh, it's an interesting story. This is my uh, second time around with the Center for Victims of Violence and Crime. I was first at the center, uh, oh my goodness, it could have been uh, 13 years ago. Uh, I was at the center as an advocate and... um, I then was doing a very specialized work where I interviewed uh, clients who were had been victimized and who had gone all the way through the court system and were ready to uh, do their victim impact statements, that is, to really write a statement to talk about how the crime impacted their lives and be able to talk about this, present this, in front of judges. And oftentimes I was the only person that they finally had a chance to kind of let all of that out, you know, and talk to at the end of that process. And um, I then was, um, well, kind of courted away through and left the center and went to work for the um, American Cancer Society uh, and doing some really important work there. I left the center kicking and screaming, really, because I have always loved the work that the the center does. But that was a part of my journey. And and then, um, oh, about five years ago, actually it was right after 9-11, that I decided that I really wanted to dedicate my life, my energy, my talents, my skills, everything, to creating peace in the world. And... um, You know, that was a shocking situation for all of us all over the world. And that's how it impacted me. And so I called the center to ask if they might, if someone there who had known me from the past might recommend me for, to volunteer in some Aspect not at the center, but at uh, another organization that was dealing with issues of violence. Actually, uh, domestic violence is where I was looking to to go. And uh, when I uh, I called the center to inquire about that, uh, I was told, "Please, please don't uh, don't go anyplace else. Consider uh, coming back to uh, to the center." Well. Uh, I was really thrilled because I have always loved to admire the work that the center does. It's it's been it's very important work and when I met the new executive director, Stephanie Walsh, and saw the vision that she had for the center, it was so in line with what I wanted to do personally in my own life in terms of uh, working for um, peace and transformation in the world. And so that is really what brought me back. So I came back as Director of Community Education and Outreach uh, at that time five years ago, and now I am the Director of Community Arts and Education, where it is my job to use the arts and media as a way to educate and uh, and inspire and, um, you know, really make changes, using it for healing as well. So I am really privileged to uh, do the work that I do at the center.
1: That is just awesome. Yeah, too bad there aren't more people like you in this world. Just think how far we would get if everyone wanted to work on that peace initiative. We would be so much further, Laverne. Well, Laverne. Um, I do want to ask you this question. So often people who are victims feel as if they are left out of the system. Can, can you give our listeners a little bit of an idea of what you do at the Center for Victims of Violence and Crime to help someone when they have gone through a tragedy? Well, we do
2: a lot. We uh... Are an organization that uh, really is able to provide comprehensive uh, services for uh, individuals, families, and communities uh, who have experienced uh, violence and uh, and and crime. Uh, those who survive the trauma of violence and crime, uh, we are able to do a tremendous amount of. Uh, uh, crisis intervention and counseling and community education programs for them first of all we are we allow people the opportunity to know that victims have rights because a lot of times victims don't even realize that um, there is a victim's bill of rights and that there is are, there's are certain information concerning uh, available services that people have the right to to know and so we uh, first off are able to uh, let them know what, what those rights are, and uh, as a uh, a nonprofit agency committed to healing trauma, resolving conflict, and ending violence, we provide a myriad of services for uh, victims and witnesses, uh, some of which are we uh, have uh, or allow clients the opportunity to uh, have an advocate when they go into the court system or, uh, you know, the medical system, any of those types of systems that you have to deal with when you are a victim. We provide a, an advocate for those types of services. Uh, we are able to then uh, provide them the opportunity to apply for victim's compensation. A lot of people don't know that that's available to them. For instance, uh, say say an elderly person is robbed and uh, their glasses are broken or their walker is stolen and that kind of thing, uh, victim's compensation allows for that to be uh, replaced all the way up to funeral costs or uh or something that we help the client apply for those uh, the cost of those items don't come out of the center come from the center they uh, come from a uh, from uh, Pennsylvania through fines that people pay um, and then those that money is used to provide uh, victims compensation for people, so we help people apply for that we uh, Provide counseling and therapy for all victims, from children to adults, uh, for any type of violence that the person is um, has been uh, has experienced. We provide. Uh, education for community education uh, programs uh, we provide uh, education in schools uh, and th- through a lot of uh, organizations out in the community who want there to be uh, an awareness program uh, through the work that through the work that they do um, and coping with grief grief and loss is something that uh, we really help people to uh, to deal with through the services that we provide in uh, helping people deal with trauma, because uh, trauma is uh, certainly a major aspect of uh, what a person deals with when they have experienced violence, and uh, that has an impact on every aspect of their lives. So... Um, we're able to uh, educate on trauma as well as treat uh, people who have experienced trauma. Uh, we, uh, uh, we have uh, part of our education program. We, uh, as I said, go out into the schools, but we also do uh, education in the way that you're doing in terms of radio, but we'll talk about that a little later. That's, uh, so that's just a few of the many services that... Uh, that we provide here at the center. We also, with our recent merger with the uh, Pittsburgh Mediation Center, are able to provide uh, mediation services as well as conflict resolution uh, programs as well. And crisis intervention, uh, if there's a, a crisis that happens, uh, say on a large scale in the community, we're able to go into schools or um you know, any kind of organization who has experienced a, a crisis situation on a large scale, we're able to go in and intervene and provide uh, provide services there as well. So there are a lot of services we provide. One of the ones that's also really important is our offender release notification. And um, offenders or people who have been victims have a right to be notified if the person who has offended them is being released from jail, for instance. And so through our, uh, through our relationship with the, uh, the Pittsburgh police, we're able to uh, provide a jail notification program that allows people to uh, have enough time to get themselves in a safe place if, uh, if the offender is being released.
1: So, meaning that if someone has been raped or someone has been a victim of domestic abuse, whatever it would be yes uh, you and this person is being released from prison, you, you can let that the victim know
2: yes, we're able to let the victim know they have to register for this uh, for this uh, service. And uh, it's a release notification services. And so when the offender is serving time in a state or federal facility or when a juvenile is placed in a facility for juvenile offenders, the CVVC can contact that, um, the victim and uh, let them know when that person is being released, yes.
1: Now, and, and in addition to all this, if I remember correctly, if someone is going through the, and I know it would be horrible, going through the trial, hearing all of this, maybe, you know, what they did maybe to someone else in the family, don't you go with them to the trial?
2: Oh, yes. we a Court accompaniment is one of the major uh services that uh, that we provide it's designed to give victims and witnesses someone to answer their questions, address their fears and walk them through the court process. You know, waiting for the justice system to work can be very hard for victims because the process is sometimes very long and confusing and often it's delayed. So the uh, CVVC counselor advocate attends court and legal proceedings from the first hearing through the sentencing, uh, all the way through, and they provide support and information and help the victim through the experience. So it's a very very important part of the uh, of the work that we do.
1: All right, and you know what, we have to go to break for a minute, but when we come back, we'll talk more. To this woman, who, as you can see, is a champion of hope for all of us. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters, at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
0: Have you ever thought about having your own Internet talk show? Well, if you said yes... Then click About Us. Then click Be a Host to get more information. Or just call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417. Say that again? 480-294-6417. VoiceAmerica.com. Mom? VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender.
1: And welcome back to the show. If you just joined us, we have Laverne Baker Hotep as our guest today, who is the Director of Community Art and Education for the Center for Victims of Violence and Crime and really is out there helping so many people who need help and who are often left out. I do have to ask you a question, Laverne. How how do you find people to work at your organization and know that they're going to be able to handle this type of job? Hmm. well uh, people I think
2: people who are uh, who desire to work for the center are some of the most uh, compassionate and uh, just wonderful people you ever want to meet I'll tell you uh, you have to have a a feeling and a concern for humankind really to uh, to want to do this kind of work and um, so that is uh, that is certainly one one of the things that draws people to to doing this this type of work and um, and then you know people are uh, extensively uh, uh, trained and um, all various uh, Walks of life. Uh, people have come to work at the center, but then once you do uh, come, then you are certainly trained uh, specifically to uh, do, um, you know, the work that is that is done uh, at the center, and uh, to really understand uh, what happens with victims, and to be very aware of what you need to do to respond to crisis uh, in in community. So uh, the training that happens once you uh, come to the center is very extensive and thorough. Uh, But the uh, compassion that people come with is something that... uh, you can't train people. You gotta, you know, people have it when they when they come through the door. And we really have some um, fabulous people who uh, do the work at the center. Really,
1: and thank businesses. God we have you.
2: Well, uh, it's it's really uh, quite uh, quite a, a a divine privilege to to be able to do the work, and um, and uh, you know, people are. are very, very compassionate in, in doing the work, and of course, uh, we have to we have to look out for those who are doing the work as well. Because of course, uh, when you uh, when you're with people who are in crisis, you know you take on a lot of a lot of that trauma yourself. So people have to we have to uh, look out for the wellness of those who uh, work at the center as well. So that's something that's very important to us.
1: Yeah, that's the part I mean that would be hard. It would be hard, I'm sure. That's what it takes. All people have different skills, you Mm -hmm. know, to do different jobs and different careers. That part would seem hard, you know, to be able to see all these horrible things and, you know, not take that with you, but so it would be for police or, you know, other people that do this. Yeah,
2: so, you know, it's it's just great that... um you know we it, people have all kinds of uh skills and 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 interests and, and tolerance levels uh that allows uh, that
1: allow for the work that needs to be done in the world to be done so that's right it's it's a good thing isn't it it is a good thing yeah there are some of us that could not be a doctor some of us could not be a nurse there are many exactly. professions yes. however there are those thank goodness that can't yes so, Um, But it is a wonderful thing you're doing, no doubt about that. Well, Laverne, even though this show is replayed 12 hours from now throughout the world, and even though we have a huge listening audience across the United States, everyone knows my home is Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to use Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania and ask you as a question could you give us an update? What, it, what is it like right now in Pittsburgh in reference to the amount of crime in this area?
2: Mm. Well, you know, it's a sad thing to say that what I, I call it uh, a state of emergency. I think that we're in a state of emergency when it comes to uh, the violence and crime in Pittsburgh. Um there is oh there 's just not too many days that go by where we don 't hear of uh, some type of violent crime that is occurring in communities throughout pittsburgh and um, and it 's young mostly young people who are involved in uh, gun violence. And it's very sad and disheartening uh, to think of all the lives that are being lost, all the potential that uh, will not be uh, uh, recognized because uh, our youth are just are just dropping because of um, the violence that they are, is being committed against each other, and so um, it's a very serious. It's a very serious, uh, serious time, and as I said, I, it's, it, to me, it's a, it's a state of emergency uh, where so many things need to be done because it's a, it's a multi-layered problem. Uh, you know, the crime and violence is a symptom of so many of the, uh, the real issues, the real problems that are happening, and uh, so those we, we need to get down to. The root causes of violence and crime, and that's what—that's uh, where my passion is—is is really getting down to the root causes, so that we can not just put band-aids over, you know, these big gaping holes, but that we can really make uh, some difference in a in a very radical kind of way. Uh, but it's a, it's a very serious serious problem right now in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania.
1: That that's terrible. That's yes. terrible to hear that. Yes. And what's even worse is to hear that from so many other cities. I mean, that is really terrible.
2: Yes. Well, it's it, because it's not just Pittsburgh. Uh, it is something that's happening in major cities across the world you know, uh, and those listeners who are listening from across the world can certainly vouch for that. I mean, this is, is there's something um, devastating that's happening, and uh, and our youth, we're losing ground with our youth. Now, we don't hear enough about the positive things that are happening, because certainly, uh, All young people are not involved in crime. We know that. All people are not involved in in crime. Um, So there are a lot of positive things happening, but... um but the, the loss, any loss really of, uh, of young people who will never will never see their potential. I mean who knows what we're losing when we lose these young people? Uh, it's, it's devastating and it impacts all of us. It greatly impacts the communities that uh, where, these young, where these young people live. Uh, everybody is traumatized, not just the family members, but the people who live in the community uh, feel the impact of the crime that's happening. Um, uh, children, young children who uh, see the see the crime that's happening in their community are impacted. Um, you know, the impact is is great. It's, it's it's physical. It's mental. It's emotional. It's financial. It's spiritual. Um, it, it's it goes across as layers uh, in terms of in terms of the impact. So uh, something, it calls for desperate uh, measures.
1: Yes, it really does. You know, until we get to that root cause, you cannot change it. It's like putting a Band-Aid on something. uh, Because, you know, I'm reading this book called When Work Disappears, Mm -hmm. talking about different cities in the United States that have poverty and ghettos. Well, that. Is exactly
2: what when I'm talking about root causes, Mm Joyce. The the poverty is is a major cause. Anybody Mm -hmm. can know that. That Mm -hmm. as long as there is poverty, as long as there is uh, there's uh, disproportionate uh, uh, suffering uh, in terms of disparities that are happening in the community, there is always there's going to be crime. They go together, and that's why I'm saying that. And until we get to the the root and look at uh, what needs to be done, uh, you know, in institutions within our within our system, to really make a difference that's going to impact the lives of of people, then we've got some serious
1: problems. So that book that you're reading is a huge clue as to what the uh, the problems are. Yes, because if you are in poverty, but now you also do not see light at the end of the tunnel for employment, if you don't see that you can obtain employment, then what happens? You're going to turn to where you do see hope and where you do see a chance and where you are accepted. Poverty also is frustration and anger. So, you know, we really have to get to the bottom of all this. I know it's, you know, easy for me to say this, but uh, as Laverne said, we are in a state of emergency. And when you're in a state of emergency, you you really have to get right down and say, what can we do? What's causing this? Because, you know, I spoke in Pittsburgh at a uh, gathering of young people who were disadvantaged, And I'll never forget this one young man, you know, he was not listening, didn't want to be bothered, and he finally just said to me, you know what, can I tell you what it is? I don't care. Mm, I I don't care what you have to say, and I don't care, period. Mm -hmm. I just don't care. Oh, my God. I know. Well, and unfortunately, uh,
2: we hear that from far too many young people who they are in that kind of despair yeah. where they just simply have thrown up their hands and don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, and they haven't seen it since forever uh, and, and g- generations haven't seen it and uh so they just really uh, are at a point where, where they don't care. They don't think that they're going to live long enough to even have uh, any substantial life. And so they feel they have to crowd everything they can possibly crowd into their, a small time that they have, which is, so it boils down to just survival.
1: Surviving. Surviving. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. And listen, when we come back from break, I want to talk more about this because you can see now how important the Center for Victims of Violence and Crime is. You are listening to Joyce Bender, Voice America, where disability matters. We'll be right back with Laverne. Don't go away. Running hot, running
2: cold. I
1: News. news
0: opinion Can you hear me? your voice counts call toll-free 1-866-472-5787 472 5787
3: i'm garcelle beauvais nylon when i played a da on nypd blue i got all the facts before trying a case yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy there are two and a half million americans with the condition and 1 in 10 Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000.
2: Over there, over there's the water. Whoosh, whoosh. And look at all this stuff I'm standing on. It's called sand and it's everywhere.
3: This woman may sound silly to you and me.
2: It's made up of little tiny pieces of rocks. Teeny little pieces of rocks.
3: But to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him, (laughs) she makes perfect sense.
2: How does it feel when you touch the sand? Is it warm? Uh Uh-huh. It's hard to hold in your hand, isn't it? Mm Uh-huh.
3: Learning starts long before school does, and children are naturally curious. They want to learn. So follow their lead. Take simple, everyday moments like sorting laundry or playing on the beach and turn them into learning moments.
2: Is this water? No. Very good. This is sand. Oh, (laughs) no, no, it's not food. It's sand.
3: We don't eat sand. (laughs) Turn everyday moments into learning moments. Find out how at PornLearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council.
1: If you just joined us, we have Laverne Baker-Hotep from the Center for Victims of Violence and Crime. She is the Director of Community Art and Education, and as far as I'm concerned, a civil rights leader, because she's out there working for quality of life for everyone, for all victims, and hopefully to help prevent crime is what we were talking about before break. I wanted to ask you, Laverne, what is the number one thing you believe we can do in the United States and in our local communities to encourage peace and prevent crime?
2: Well, the one thing we just talked about before we went to break was the issue of uh, of poverty in this in this country, and isn't it a shame we're talking about the United States of America here, and we're talking about poverty? Um, it, and it just it, I can't even believe it, but that's the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, until there is until there is uh, you know uh, some equality in terms of uh, the distribution of goods and services in this country, then we're going to be in trouble, and. Then we have to, we have to, people need to know how to resolve conflict. Look, there's always going to be conflict between human beings. That's a part of being human. And conflict allows us tremendous opportunity to transform our, our relationships. But we have to know how to um, resolve conflict peacefully. And that's one of the things that uh, we're able to teach That's one of the skills we're able to teach through uh, since our merger uh, with the Pittsburgh Mediation Center. We're now able to really uh, enlighten and inform people on how to resolve conflict peacefully. There's, in conflict, um, mediation is really important to, to, for people to l- learn how to solve uh, problems that happen between human beings and relationships. Uh, you know, bring another party in who can listen to both, uh, both sides objectively and uh, help people to work out their differences so that we don't move into, into violence. And so I think that, uh, that that's important. And of course, you know, we have to, uh, work on, as individuals, peace within our own selves. You know, it doesn't, peace is not something that's out there, you know, it's something that starts inside each of us. And so there needs to be, uh, ways that we're able to, uh, be peaceful within ourselves, so that's working on, uh, you know, working on our own selves and our own selves and our own issues and that kind of thing so that we are able to bring peace to any given situation that we're dealing with, you know, um, in, in our relationships one to the other, um, and everything is about relationships, you know, um, work, um, you know, family, Um, you know, anything you do out in the world that has to do with people being able to get along with each other. And so, uh, and and working through our conflicts in um, nonviolent ways. So those are skills that uh, can be taught. And uh, fortunately, it's, something that we're able to uh, to teach here at the Center, which I think is a beautiful thing to combine, uh, the to add to the myriad of services that we provide at the Center for Victims of Violence and Crime, to be able to look at uh, peace building through conflict resolution and mediation.
1: Yes, and I applaud you for everything that you're doing because you know, It's one step at a time. It really is. It's one step at a time. I I wanted to ask you, Laverne, for any young person listening to this show, because sometimes uh, they play my show at community shops in disadvantaged areas, and if if a young person is listening to the show right now and he or she is saying, oh, easy for you to say, you know, I'm in poverty, I don't have anything, and really the only people that have accepted me are people who are in a gang in my area, uh, or, or, you know, people that are also part of violence and possibly drugs. And so that's my way out. What would you say to them? Well, you know,
2: I, I certainly would not um, negate what they have to say and what their what their feelings are, what their reality is, because if a young person says that, then that is their Reality or at least the way that they see their reality, and the fact is that they don't often see options and um, opportunities to make different choices and that is not their fault that that belongs to uh, to adults, but young people need to know that they are worthy that they deserve. Just the very best of everything. They deserve to be cared for. They deserve to be loved. They deserve to be taken care of. They deserve to be educated. That uh, that is. They need they need to really understand that um, that that's you know they're they're children of God and they really do deserve that and that the world deserves what, the gift that. They have, and uh, that's what I want young people to to know is that you absolutely deserve to have just the very the very best you deserve to be loved, and that we really want to hear we deserve to hear what you have to say and 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 to. For your genius to be given and used to help to make the world a better place, so um, you know I just don't want young people to give up on themselves to uh, to feel that there is no hope because there is uh, but it's sometimes a young person has to make the decision be strong enough to make the decision to. To not go down the 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 path that's going to lead them to destruction, to actually make a decision that you know i'm going to despite everything i'm going to make a choice to uh, to work toward uh, having a better life than what perhaps i've seen around me and really, once you make a decision that uh, you're going to do something different, things start to really change for you. So if people come into your life that uh, can help you make a difference, you will really be surprised, but it's something that you have to feel in your own spirit, in your own soul. But if you really understand that you are deserving of everything wonderful, then, um, and truly believe that, then Things can start to to shift and change, and I know that um, you know when you don 't see a lot of positive around you it 's really very hard so sometimes you got to see it in your own head you got to see it in your own heart, and you got to believe it from way down deep in your spirit and you will be led to the right mentor, the right teacher, the right uh, adult who will really be able to help make a difference in your life. That I know.
1: Oh, and I agree with that so much, Laverne. And you know what I would say to you is I would say, reach out, go to your church or synagogue or mosque or Big Brothers or if you were in Pittsburgh, you know, the Hill House or wherever it would be, Go. Go and, and get involved and ask someone to help you. Because, yeah,
2: ask for help.
1: Yes, because um, I always tell people, you know, don't wait. Don't wait. It's like when Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. was in Birmingham jail and said there is a word ringing in the ear of every Negro in America, and that word is Wait. Wait. Hmm. Wait. And wait almost always means never. Right. So I tell people with disabilities and I tell all young people disadvantaged, don't wait. No one's going to come to your door and Mm -hmm. say, I'm saving you. You've got to reach out for help. Mm -hmm. You've got to reach out for help because, as Laverne said, you know what? You could be the next congressman. You could be the next civil rights leader. Don't let anyone lower the bar for you. That's right. That's right. Right, Laverne? Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, Laverne and I believe in you. We're going to break right now, but we'll be right back to close the show with my friend and yours, Laverne Baker-Hotep, the Director of Community Art and Education from the Center for Victims of Violence and Crime in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Don't go away. You're listening to Joyce Bender, America's voice, where disability matters. We'll be running, right back. Running, running cold. I
2: was into
0: was ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our All-Star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank
1: you for calling.
3: To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. In the great scheme of things, a minute isn't all that much, unless you happen to have a stroke. All of a sudden, those minutes count, minutes that could mean losing your ability to talk, move, or walk, which is why, if you can get help in time, your stroke can be treated. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face. If you experience this, call 911 immediately. Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE today. A public service announcement from the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council.
0: VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender.
1: Welcome back to the show. You are listening today to Laverne Baker-Hotep, Director of Community Art and Education for the Center of Victims of Violence and Crime. Laverne, I want to say, in behalf of all people with disabilities, how excited I am that you are focusing at the Center on the population of people with disabilities who are victims And you don't know how proud I am of all of you that immediately, you know, immediately your leader, Stephanie Walsh, made it a point to include people with disabilities, you know, to make sure that you start working in that area because, unfortunately, Americans with disabilities, people throughout the world with disabilities are frequently a victim of crime. I want to tell you, How thrilled I am that you are doing that! Can can you talk about that just for a minute?
2: Well, first of all, I want to thank you for bringing this to our attention in a most passionate way that inspired and moved us to action. It is—it's one of those situations that, um, oftentimes, you know, goes. Uh, well, it's, it's, it's forgotten. You know, uh, for instance, with uh, violence and crime, one of the things that happens is, an, an example, uh, someone could be, um, well, we hear shootings all the time, mm-hmm. for instance, mm-hmm. and, uh, but we hear of the people who were killed uh, from gunshots, but we don't hear about the people who are in, uh, left in the wheelchair, Mm-hmm. Paralyzed, uh, paralyzed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, who blinded because of something that happened mm-hmm. with them, because of because of uh, violence. We don't hear about the one, the you know, people who are left uh, and who are disabled because of uh, what happens to them after a crime has been committed, and um, that is an area that we really want to take seriously along with the fact that it is so unfortunate that people who already have a disability are left uh, vulnerable, very vulnerable to crime happening to them. And uh, children especially, and then women, oh my goodness. You know, uh, are just left so vulnerable because of uh, a disability, and the, the there needs to be a special attention uh, placed on uh, victims who are uh, disabled prior to uh, becoming a victim, and then those who are disabled as a result of. Uh, victimization. And so that is something that we are uh, taking very seriously and uh, are working to um, make that it become a major part of the work that we do, a major focus uh, of the work that we do. And uh, I really appreciate your passion about this topic because it is, uh, it is through you bringing it to light Uh, in the way that you have that has uh, moved us to to action, and that action will uh, provide uh, a myriad of really needed services for uh, victims uh, who are disabled.
1: Well, you know, you can tell a lot of people, but not everyone listens the way you all did, and I so much appreciate what you are doing. Uh, As I mentioned, uh, your leader, Stephanie Walsh, immediately got on this. Can you talk about what her leadership means to CVVC?
2: Well, I don't know. Stephanie, I don't know if I can say enough. Uh, Stephanie Walsh has been a uh, tremendous leader for the Center for Victims of Violence and Crime. Uh, First of all, her her background in social services gives her. She came with a, you know, a compassion and uh, and uh, and knowledge to deal um, with uh, social issues, and have have always had a passion for social problems. Uh, she is a, a a great humanitarian and has the desire to see, uh, you know, to see. Things happen on a large scale. She has a great vision to uh, to see change happen on a on a large scale but is also uh, a very down to earth realist uh, and uh, and leads in that way, providing vision and then this uh uh, you know, bringing us to reality so that we can actually bring things to fruition, the ideas that we have to fruition. Um, she's a very original and uh, and uh, is really inspirational, really inspires us all, uh, has great strength and will and effort and really great uh, executive abilities and, uh, you know, a sound business judgment that allows for the organization to, uh, to flourish. Uh, so um, she is really a, a gifted leader and, and really likes to develop leaders around her. So uh she, is, she is,
1: is awesome. You know what I'd say about her? She's the real deal. Yeah, for sure. That's it. She is the real deal. Yeah. Hey, before we go, a couple last things. Uh Laverne, how about Piece It Together Pittsburgh, your radio talk show? Ah,
2: uh, well, the radio um uh Program Piece It Together Pittsburgh. We do two programs: Piece It Together Pittsburgh uh, and Well Woman Radio Retreat. Both programs come on every Saturday morning at ten on eight sixty a.m. Uh, in in Pittsburgh, um, but it can also be heard worldwide on the internet at www. Piece It Together Pittsburgh is a program that educates on the root causes of violence and crime and highlights positive peace-building efforts in the community, uh, nationally, and in the world. And so uh, we have a lot of really wonderful, intriguing uh, guests on the program who are doing very inspirational work and who are are, uh, using their lives Uh, in contribution in the world uh, toward uh, peace. And so, uh, again, the program comes on uh, every Saturday morning at uh, 11 Eastern Standard Time. And uh, Well Woman Radio Retreat deals with the physical, emotional, and spiritual health of women and those we love. And uh, that comes on at 10 o'clock. So you can hear both programs on the Internet, again, at www.wamoam.com.
1: That is awesome, and we will do that. Before we go, Laverne, you have received so many awards, the YWCA Racial Justice Award, the Coveted Women in Communications Matrix Award, but at this time of your life, what would you say you are proudest of?
2: Oh, oh my goodness. Well. Geez, you know, I am, it is a a privilege, as I mentioned before, it's a divine privilege to be able to do work that I am, that I'm passionate about, that I feel, have a, you know, a a feeling for. And I have been blessed that all of the work that I have done uh, in my life has been something that I've, felt that was important and that could make a difference in the world. And so um, I really, um, really feel good about about the work that I'm able to contribute. One of the things with, uh, with media and the, uh, coming up with the um, radio programs and within my company, Well Woman Media, I think is... Something I'm really proud of because I believe in using the media for positive, you know there's so much negative and negativity that happens in the media, so to be able to do work using the media and you know what that's how important that is to uh, use it for good for the greater good in the world um, i re- I feel really good about the work that I'm able to do in in media.
1: Well, and you are doing great work. So, Laverne, what message would you like to leave with our listeners today? Well, you know,
2: just it's it's kind of the the, the message of Mahatma. Magandhi, who says that uh, we need to really be the peace that we want to see in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it can't happen, it doesn't happen out there. It happens inside. And uh, so I would just encourage people to do whatever we need to do as human beings to, uh, to work towards inner peace because that is what will show up on the outside.
1: Well, Uh, that is so awesome. And we end every show with a quote from a famous civil rights leader today, Martin Luther King Jr., who said, Peace is not merely a distant goal that we seek, but a means by which we arrive at that goal. And isn't that what this show is all about with Laverne Laverne? Thank you very much. Thank you listeners, this is Joyce Bender, America's Voice for Disability Matters. See you next week.
0: Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters. Right here on the internet leader and in talk radio, voiceamerica.com.